Uh, welcome to the Strong Life Coach Podcast, where we speak life, coach life, write life, and lead life. Today, we're joined in the podcast studio by my good friend, Rev. I want to make sure I read out your name properly. <laughs> <laughs> because I've called you Rev for the last 12 years. Um, William Marion Revel III, baby. Welcome Correct. to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's, it's an honor to be here. Yes. I feel like every time you and I talk, I'm enlightened. I think you've probably seen me having my notebook for the last <laughs> 12 years, pulling it out. If you drop something on me, drop some kind of knowledge or insight, I know I always want to have a notebook nearby to take it down. <laughs> and I get to say that I'm, I'm energized by you. I'm enlightened by you. I think uh, you make people around you better. And I'm grateful for your friendship. Wow, you, you just gave me a whole bunch of confidence. I don't know if I'm worthy of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, good, man. Again, I'm glad to have you on the show. I want to make sure people tuning in know who you are. So I'm going to go through your profile real quick. If I mess up anything, feel free to jump in and correct me. Completely fine with me. So you were born and raised in Albany, Georgia. Good stuff. Went to the University of Tennessee. Go Vols. You, went, you, joined, you joined the military. You were in, in, the, in the Army in 2005. Hoorah. And then you transitioned from active duty to reserve in 2009 and then effectively out of the military in October 2017. Correct. And then uh, so when it came to your nursing career path, you became a nurse in the Army in 2008. Then you, you got into home health nursing in 2009. And then from 2011 into 2012, you began working on the management side of a home health nursing. And you had some great success in that space where you grew the organization you were a part of into a multi-million dollar company in 18 months. Yeah, that sounds pretty big when you say it like that. <laughs> and then you went to another company and grew that separate company to a multi-million dollar company in eight months. That was actually pretty big, though. <laughs> big deal. I mean, how many people in the, on the planet can say they grew something to a multi-million dollar organization? That's, that's a big deal. No small feat. That's an interesting deal. You know, I never thought about how many people could say it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And then you stayed for another two and a half years in that organization. And then in 2017, you decided, you know what? I want to start my own home health care company in March of 2017. So then you have your organization. It's called the Superhero Kids Home Health, where you take care of medical fragile children in their home. So only one part of that. I don't know if I decided. <laughs> I think the decision was made for me and I was ignoring it for a while mm -hmm. and to the point to where I finally uh, got put in a situation where I had to either obey or figure something out. There we go. There we go. Well, quite the resume, quite the portfolio. Again, thank you for your presence and your time here. I'm, I'm lucky just to know somebody like you. I'm much more lucky or much more grateful and blessed to have you to be able to showcase your journey with my audience. I'm always grateful for time like this. Good stuff. So let's get into the questions. So when did you first see yourself as a leader? All right. I'm try to give this. Um, so when I was about five years old, uh, we I went to this revival thing. Uh, my mom took me to. And this lady who said she was a prophet told me how I was going to be a, this leader. And mm -hmm. how I was gonna break the generational curse of my family. Whoa! And yeah, you talking about you're five? You don't know five? You're five years old. <laughs> like, no, she's, she's giving you this vision for your I, whole lifetime. I think I'm crying a little bit, you know, when I'm because I'm just scared. I don't know what she's talking about. She's talking about curses. I know curses is a bad thing. I'm five years old. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, that I think was a, a big part of it. And of course, my dad was had this whole thing about we don't follow anybody. You mm -hmm. leave. And uh, when I was in first grade, I got in trouble for laughing in school. And he comes and asks me, hey, well, why were you laughing? I was like, well, because everybody else was laughing. Well, he took me downstairs and, and hooked me up mm. and told me any time that I followed someone else and got in trouble, I would get that same hookup. Yeah. So right. I learned then to always at least say it was my idea. <laughs> and eventually it, it did. It became, you know, right, I, right, I, right. I eventually I got to a place where I only did things when I chose to. Mm -hmm. Not because of peer pressure, not because of people. If I chose to do something, I was willing to accept the consequences mm -hmm. of that choice. Yes. And I know one of the models that you live by that you've often referenced to me as far as speaking it into existence. Do you think about that woman that day to a five-year-old kid? I know, right? Spoke this into existence <laughs> that you would be part of breaking the generational curse with your family. What a, uh, I didn't think a powerful moment for anybody, but it's a lesson for us is that we don't sometimes think about the words we give to somebody at, at, 
even a child as fi- as young as five years old can stay with them over 30 plus years. Mm. And then to come back and reflect on that is a powerful thing. It's, it's crazy. We're, we're, we're made up of our, our past, of our experiences. And, and our experiences shape with sometimes even the smallest things. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you what that lady looked like today. Wow. I, I don't remember. I, I couldn't tell you where I was, if I was in Albany or I was in Arlington. I was somewhere around where I grew up, but I couldn't tell you exactly where I was. But I can mm-hmm. tell you what she said. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you that that's something that stuck with me. And then um, uh, one of the guys I grew up with, who, who I refer to as as a little brother, mm-hmm. uh, we were we wrestled together. Sure. And, uh, we did martial arts together, and so uh, we're one day we're we're playing basketball and we're shooting around, and I'm th- taking these wild shots, and they're going in. And he was like, "Man, you're you're just destined for greatness." Mm-hmm. You know, and, 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 and then I think about that here. You know, now I'm like, wow. You know, everything that I've gone through, the different different areas in life that I've been in, I've always had, I've always been a leader in those areas mm-hmm. and, and i'm like wow you know uh, i made me think about that comment and, yes. and the comment from the lady and it, it's 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 kind of terrifying a little bit <laughs> you know, think about it. it's a little scary a little scary well i mean i think we're always blessed by people in our lives that have a vision for us and a positive vision at that right yes. so i mean how many times do we hear about people being told that they're trash or they're told that they're stupid or they're told mm-hmm. that they're inferior or they're not important or overlooked or marginalized and all of this told repetitiously throughout a lifetime you know you could as a person if you're not careful you could live up to or live down to somebody's belief in you but it's it's been powerful to see you you know live up to that vision to break that curse but even with your your dad's story too your dad was instilling in you that you were you should be taken responsible and not following other people into their foolishness his big thing was um well you know my, my dad was raised by our iron hand and he's raised by our iron hand. Uh, I'm not saying it's, it was, it was right or, or, or good, but it was useful. Mm-hmm. And, and I would say that he did the best job with what he had mm-hmm. uh, as far as how to, to discipline and, and raise a, raise a, a, a black man to become a black man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, those, those aspects of never, never having regret because you felt like, Oh, I trusted in this person and did what they told me to do, mm-hmm. and now it's their fault. Right? You know, so you never, you, he never wanted us to have those type of, of conversations where he's like, "Well, why did this happen?" And we, and then we go, "Well, it's because someone else told mm-hmm. us to do it, or someone else did this." Right, right. And, and whether he realized it or not, he was getting us out of getting teaching me how to not be in the Adam dilemma. Mm. And what I mean by when I say the Adam dilemma, when mm-hmm. when when the Most High comes to Adam and says, "Hey, hey, who told you you were naked? You know what did you do?" And he goes, "That woman you gave me." <laughs> <laughs> he didn't go, you know. He didn't right, go, you know right. I sinned before you. Hey, I messed up. Mm. You know, even that woman you gave me, she did it, mm-hmm. and that's why I'm here. Right. And so my dad's like, "No, we don't. You don't get that excuse." Yes. <laughs> you don't. What, what I love about it is it stops the blame shifting. Oh, by far. And it's it's, it's somewhat of an innate part of who we are is we look around we're like is there something that can point to that is their <laughs> fault it, it started with them but he was ingraining that principle in you that no no, no we, in this family we're not going to blame anybody else you're going to take full responsibility for your actions period whether period. you started it somebody else did you're going to take responsibility for what for you it. did mm-hmm. and and i and i still i do the same thing to my children so mm-hmm. when when they get in trouble when, when we talk about it i don't deal with the other people. That's right. Because I'm like, I'm not their dad. That's right. It's not my job to keep them safe. It's mm-hmm. not my job to raise them. Mm-hmm. It's my job to teach you. So we're going to talk about what you did and why you did the things that you did and, mm-hmm. and go from there. Yes. Now, not, not with the iron fist. Not not so much with that, though. Right, right. <laughs> a, a lot more love and tenderness. <laughs> a, lot, a lot more love. Well, more creative. More creative. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the one thing about getting, uh, getting, getting beat is you learn how not to get beat. Mm-hmm. Doesn't necessarily mean you learn to be better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just learn how not to get beat. Sure. And so uh, I'm more, I guess, uh, interactive with my children. Uh, mm-hmm. I tell them they're either going to be disciplined or strong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they, they do push-ups and they have to sit on the wall and or they have to hold things out like soup cans. And soup can gets real heavy after about soup 10 minutes. cans? Soup. Soup cans. Soup. Have to hold them out cans. like their arms stretched out. Arms stretched out like this right here. Mm. And then, oh, like when they're fighting with each other, they have to hold them and look at each other. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, then they, and then I let them sit there for a minute until they start to shake a little bit. And then I was like, right, now let's have this conversation. 
that got you here. Mm. And, and then not talk to me. Talk to the person in front of you. And then let them work it out. Wow. And look at that. you don't want to fight anymore after that. You don't want to fight. You want to hug. <laughs> <laughs> you, want to, you want to be held. <laughs> I love it. I love the creativity. We'll probably have to bring you on for a, a parenting podcast in itself. <laughs> and we'll talk about some of those insights. I think that's good. That's good. You're either going to be disciplined or you're going to get strong. So, hey. th- so they have exercise and things like that that you incorporate into your. Be prepared. Because um, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. here's the thing. If you're not disciplined, if you're not disciplined at home, you're not going to be disciplined in school. Which means you're not going to pay attention and get the education you need in order to to be in a job that's going to provide you with the stability for you not to have to sweat. Mm-hmm. Which means you're going to need your strength in order to work a labor job mm-hmm. in order to take care of yourself. So that's if you're right. not going to be disciplined in order to learn the things that you need to do and not get caught up in it, mm-hmm. then at least can prepare you to be strong enough mm-hmm. to be a laborer so that you can still live. Wow, that's deep. That's deep waters. I like that. It's very intentional. It's purposeful. Oh, it's- yeah. It's a strategic. I like it. Let's transition to talk about your superhero kids home health business. Superhero kids. So what is the most rewarding part of you for you with owning this business? Oh wow. See, that's actually a multiple layered question. Sure. So uh on on the on the top end, there's nothing like the one-on-one care of, of caring for someone and what you learn from serving them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's something that I lose. You lose and when I when I went into management, you know, I stopped being the one on one nurse to managing the nurses doing mm-hmm. the one on one care. So a big aspect of, of what I get from is I'm able to touch so many more lives through this particular job versus mm-hmm. being the nurse in the field. Right. And then two, uh, I get to provide jobs. Mm-hmm. I get to I get to help people take care of their children. Help people take care of their business. Help people to find some shalom, find some peace. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. But and, and I, I like how you tied in. There is the hands-on part. You know, that's like frontline. We're in the battle. You're you're experiencing what the frontline nurse does. But then being able to have this other's leadership role, or in the leadership role, you're providing the the opportunity for nurses to be in that position to have that connection with the clients that you're serving. Well, the, the aspect of, uh, you know, I was, I'm a nurse. And so, mm-hmm. I, you know, I was a nurse in the field and, and, and actually, um, the, the, the little girl that I took care of is, is my daughter now, mm-hmm. you know, um, but what you learn, what you get from, and it's something that is, can't really be put into words. You have to actually do it for it to make sense. Mm-hmm. What you get when you serve others, there's something more than the, 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 the money, the, the, the shekels. Aspect. Mm-hmm. You do need that. You need that because you, you work so you can serve and I mean, so you can take care of your family. Sure. But there's a deeper insight that comes from serving mm-hmm. and, and whether it's nursing or just people, there's a deeper aspect of what you get and what you get is way more than what you ever will give. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you you kind of lose that a little bit when you go from the hands on to 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 the management side. Right. But the uh, the upside of that is instead of me just touching one kid, that's right. I'm, I'm touching seventy kids. Yes, or I'm touching a hundred kids. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm really I'm, I'm still able to do that, but I'm and I'm able to do it bigger. Mm-hmm. So it 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 works. Right, right. And I think that's the gift of leadership, right? The, the the gift of leadership and using that gift to influence more people is you're not just influencing one or however many pe- uh, clients you could serve that day. You're not limited to what you can physically do, but now your influence is spread among all these people that work for you that are serving and helping and providing this care that is appreciated. And it's, again, people pay a great premium to have their family members, their children to be provided with the care that you all provide. Let me ask you about your leadership journey. Who was the biggest influence in your leadership journey? The biggest influence would have to be John Reynolds. John Reynolds. John Reynolds was my high school football coach. Okay. So John Reynolds, he he passed away my senior year right before my first game. Sorry to hear that. Uh, it, this is a guy who said, you're not going to be lost to the streets. You're not going to be lost to the gangs. You're going to play football. <laughs> hmm. You're going to play football. You're going to be successful. And he, he, would, he was there early in the morning. He'd be the first guy at the school. Every day. Every day. And the last one to leave. 
Wow. He would get to the school at 435 o'clock and open up the weight room. So you you can go in the weight room, you lift weights, and then, of course, we have practice after school. Even during the off season, we still work out. So the weight room, he's in the weight room till 7, 8 o'clock every day. Wow. And so I learned so much from that guy. I mean, because he just wouldn't let me give in to the streets. He wouldn't let me give in to uh, my cornal nature. Mm-hmm. And he just seemed like he knew everything. Mm-hmm. And if I, whenever I tried to go too far left, he was just right there standing in the way. Mm-hmm. And uh, he died from cancer. And so uh, wow. when he, my, the summer of my junior year, uh, he was in the hospital and I spent a lot of time in the hospital with him. Mm-hmm. And I think I learned so much more about his bigger picture for me mm-hmm. or his bigger picture, period. Mm-hmm. You know, just teaching people, teaching boys how to be men. Yes. You know, I did have my father, uh, you know, him, my mom they divorced when I was 10, but he was still around. He was, you know, I still saw him. So, you know, we still you know that, that there was he was still in the picture. Mm-hmm. But so many football players, so many boys that I grew up with, because the, the area I grew up in was is mostly black. Mm-hmm. Um, and my graduating class may have been 10, 10 whites. Maybe mm-hmm. fifteen Hispanics mm-hmm. <laughs> out of four hundred. Wow! You know, so so you know, it, it was majority um, black, poor poor community, mm-hmm. and and so he was teaching teaching us how to o- overcome adversity mm-hmm. and how to to not allow our our starting point to dictate our ending point. Mm-hmm. And his big thing, he made me promise I would go to college. Wow! And then he died, so I had to do it. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> but I like the quote you even use is not let your starting point dictate your ending point. You know, because we, we have these moments in life where they're challenging or they're heartbreaking or we make big mistakes and we have this shame and regret and it can be paralyzing to have this kind of experience early on in our life and then to to not allow that to dictate where I'm going to go from here. You know, we could always improve, we could always grow and to develop into something better, something more. We don't have to stay stuck. I think is, 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 is that vision. But I, I think it reminds me of the power of him being in your life. And I think about people who are listening in and the influence they can provide just helping somebody to not go the wrong way, stay focused. Just by loving them. Just by loving them. Just and that's, that's, serving them. You know, being available. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he loved us, man. And that's one thing you never doubted. I remember one game. Uh, we were playing, and, and, and I, I, I was a blitzer. I became an All-American from blitzing. Nice. And uh, and I wasn't getting through. For whatever reason, I wouldn't hit the hole. I can't tell you. I would, I come to the sideline, and he was he had this funny way of talking. Rubble. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Rubble, you better get in there. And he wants you to hit him. And he said, hit him. He went, hit him. Hit him. Twice to the gut. <laughs> <laughs> and it hurt. Mm. I didn't drop. I went in there and got a sack. Next one, boom. <laughs> <laughs> but he was somebody, he loved you so much you believed in him. You believed that he could walk on water almost. Like mm. this, you know, we, we called him Rimbardi. <laughs> so, because it's like, hey, you know, remember the great Limbardi? We call, we call him Rimbardi. Like, that's Rimbardi right there. Mm. You know, he, Rimbardi knows. <laughs> that was mm-hmm. kind of our thing. Yeah. But you believed in him and you knew he loved you. Mm-hmm. You know, at, when it's all said and done, if he went off on you, if he cussed you out, if he if he dropped you, <laughs> <laughs> you knew that man loved you mm-hmm. and that the purpose of it was to make you better. Yes. And you believed in it. Mm-hmm. And and it did. You got to love that. Yeah. You got to love that. Now let's talk about the, the opposite end. What major lesson have you learned from a poor leader in your life? Oh, okay. So. Is it all right if I name names? Or <laughs> I don't know. In, in I, general, we I, try I, not to drag I, anybody's I, name I, through I, the mud. I, I mean, I'm not going to talk terrible about it, but we can leave the name out. <laughs> we'll edit it out, even, but, if, uh, even if you did say it. <laughs> the, the, the owner of the, the first company that I grew, okay. the one I grew in 18 months, the reason why I ended up going somewhere else, because she was crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was crazy. I mean, mm-hmm. grew a company. I took care of it. She, she went from having to be at work every day to taking two week vacations whenever she wanted, just because it was taken care of. But mm-hmm. we, we had some very different ideas when it came to leading. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, I didn't think it was a good idea to a lot of people, sure, ever. 
<laughs> period. <laughs> period. That was like there's no reason for it. You tell the truth. It might not be pretty, but it's at least the truth. That's it's, right. A lie that's pretty, once it's shown to be a lie, makes the truth that much uglier. Mm. So, but uh, she didn't agree with that concept. Mm. Um, she didn't agree with a lot of concepts as far as uh, keeping your conscience clear. Mm-hmm. As a result of that, I couldn't couldn't no longer work work with her. Mm-hmm. And she she shared uh, she was part owner. The other owner's the reason why I got, came there, which is the reason why I stayed as long as I did. Mm-hmm. But it got to a place where it was even taxing on him. Sure. As a matter of fact, he eventually left the company too. His wow. own company. He eventually yeah. gave, just said, "Look, I just want out." Mm-hmm. And he started another business on his own. That's how terrible it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you talking about why you talk, I. I, I think about that time period and I think about all the things that, that I went through uh, with her and, and with the situations and, and even my family. My family carried a burden of, 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 of her. Uh, and I remember walking away from it. And, and when I got to a place where I could forgive her and when I got to a place of, of what am I thankful for for her? Because wow. you got to at the end of the day, if you. If you're saying you forgave somebody and you can't talk about them without being angry or right. being emotional or being hurt, then that's some stuff you ain't let go yet. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. so what I started to do is, uh, when I go to when I say I forgive somebody, I start I start to pray and talk to the Most High about the things that I'm grateful for them for. Mm, okay, as a, for me, it's kind of my own mm-hmm, parameter mm-hmm. of, hey, where are you? Are you good yet? Are you okay right. with this person? Because you know. The Bible says, if we don't forgive, we won't be forgiven. And I'm mm-hmm. like, ah, that's not something I want. Right, right. <laughs> so, so uh, but I was thankful for, mm. I was thankful for the lesson she taught me about how important it is to be vulnerable because she wasn't. Wow. How important it is to be trusting because yes. she wasn't. Mm-hmm. How you have to put faith in the people who, who, who you're leading. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't micromanage them. Right. You know, so. So all these different things that that she would that she did in a very way to try to oppress me, mm-hmm. uh, I I was grateful for those lessons, so that I don't do that on someone else. Oh yes, oh yeah. I, I never want one of my employees to feel the way I felt around. That's her. right. Like ever, like that, mm-hmm. that. I mean, that would literally break my heart. Like that would. Mm-hmm. Like uh, yeah. So so I learned a lot from. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think you captured this point where there are people in our lives that are examples for us that we can imitate, learn from, put their principles into practice just by watching them and just do as they do. And there's people in, in our lives that are like the cautionary tales, like, <laughs> hey, do not be like them. Because if you do what they do, you're going to get what they get, which is what I'm hearing from you is the experience that she provided to people at the organization is not the experience you want to provide to the people at your organization now. And it gave you, you know, if, if this is a blueprint, I don't know if the opposite is red, you know, that should give you a red print of what what you don't want to follow, right? Well, it's kind of like um, certain names going out in history that, that, that you that become a byword. Mm-hmm. Like if you say your name is Mud, mm-hmm. do you know where that came from? Mm-hmm. See, Mud was one of the guys that, that, was, that, uh, that orchestrated the death of Abraham Lincoln. Mm, okay. And his name has forever been a byword, mud, mm-hmm. or everybody knows Boone, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, Booth, you know, so he's the guy that pulled the trigger. Mm-hmm. So the name became a, a byword of, of, of a bad. And there's a lot of Booths out here today, mm-hmm. you know, they're sure that they don't want to be known for, for that. Or if your last name is Mud and literally M-U-D-D and you go, that was my great, 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 great grandfather. And you don't want to be judged for that, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so in a very real way, her when I see her actions, and I, I think like, man, I don't. I see her being a byword. Mm-hmm. Like when I think about the worst ways to treat an employee, her her face comes into mind. Mm-hmm. Like wow, like you know, like I don't want to be that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I, and I think you have this other deep point when it came to her character. And you said this, this idea that a for you, an ugly truth is better than a pretty lie. Yes, by far. And as you think about that one principle, right? Because we in, in our nature, we want to be presented well. You know, when I've asked myself, like when I'm tempted to lie or deceive or spin or anything like that to, to make the truth anything other than what it is, then I'm like, well, what, what's going on there? But 
that conviction, if I can have the conviction, if we can have the conviction in general where we believe that, we embrace that, that an ugly truth is better than a pretty lie. Like, then if we hold on to that, I think this is a great character principle. I just want to go on record and say, I wish I could say I'm perfect in it, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. I fall victim to it too at times where, where you want to give something in a certain light or you, or you pretty, whether it's intentional or not, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, one of the things that I've come to learn is history, when it's given in truth, isn't, it is, it's just isn't pretty. It just is. Mm-hmm. You know, a natural disaster is a disaster. It just is. There's nobody to blame. No, no person to take blame. It's just a disaster. Mm-hmm. And you have to deal with the, the results of it. Sure. So, and the truth in, a, in some ways can be like that. It also can be extremely beautiful. <laughs> mm-hmm. Extremely beautiful. But the truth doesn't denote a characteristic in as for its beauty or ugly. It just is. Mm-hmm. Mm. Got to take that one down too. I always tell people that are kind of in, uh, that are on the podcast for the first time, what I do with these is, you know, send them to the producer. He gets a chance to chop them up. But once he gets it back to me, I listen to every sentence, every phrase, every story, and I just file those on the way. You know, I'm a, I've been filing <laughs> yeah. since you've known me in that little book. But now, you know, with the technology nowadays, I have a sophisticated, you know, oh, program. Man, look at your memoir. Just <laughs> see some of your notes. I, I bet it's going to be pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's nice and organized on, uh, in my online applications. So I, <laughs> I get it from my phone it. or my tablet or my <laughs> laptop. <laughs> That's awesome. Let me ask you about challenges. What is a major challenge you have overcome in your leadership journey? Okay. Um, all right. I'm, I'm going to start with the, the, the end result. And then I'm going I'm to I'm quickly, as, as quickly as I can, take you to high, the, the challenge. The biggest challenge ended up being overcoming filing bankruptcy. Okay. That, that became the biggest challenge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not the only challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, matter of fact, I, I would say that in the two years that I've owned the company, that mm-hmm. has been my company, and I, and I built it from zero. It had there was no patience in it when I when I when I bought the the company. Mm-hmm. I've gone through almost every aspect that can close a company down. Oh wow! And I've experienced almost everything that in in, in my field and in, in what we do that could that can bring a company completely down. Mm-hmm. And and one we survived it, which is awesome. Hey, that, come on! Sometimes, sometimes survival <laughs> is the victory. It's and, like, and, and now we're we're actually on the on the upside of it, you mm-hmm. know. But um, pushing toward there, I, I had a partner when I first started, and uh, he uh, he got cancer, oh, which, was, no. which was pretty bad. And but it was okay though, because I told him day one, hey, when when he told me this is what's up, it's like, bro, we're gonna fight, we're gonna win. Come on, we're gonna fight, we're gonna win. Mm-hmm. It's done. I already got this. I said it's sold up. Mm-hmm. So we go through, and as he was getting better, uh, I guess at some point he decided that it'd be better if we weren't partners. Oof. Uh, which that in itself wouldn't have been a problem, but the way he decided to do it, he wanted to ensure that he he could do well for his family, mm-hmm. and he didn't care about how he went about doing that. So he he uh, colluded with the company that was doing my insurance and my accounting. Uh, in my back office, and they they were trying to manipulate other employees to basically come come with them as they if as they bought another company, mm-hmm. and he was going to move basically move all the all the business that we created in this company just move it somewhere else. Wow! So, so this is all happening behind the scenes. You didn't know. Behind, no, I didn't have a clue. And you colluded with, with other companies, not just yours, yes, not, not just, just your people, just other yes. people outside the organization that as well. was working within. They had their hands in my company too. So, mm-hmm. so now they they were they were overcharging me, and then they were not doing the work, and then they were stealing from me too. Oh my goodness! So, uh, so everything kind of came to a head right as he got fully cleared of cancer. I find out everything. Wow. And then I found it out in a way where I heard it from his lips, mm-hmm. from from one of the people that he was trying to uh, trying to get the turn, mm-hmm. called called him with me on three-way. Uh-oh. Heard that. I actually recorded and heard and listened to it a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, of course, I, I went to confront him, confront him about it uh, the next day at, at, at the office, and he wouldn't even come into the office. He, he I was like, I told him, I said, man, look, you stabbed me in the back. At least you can look me in the eyes. Wow. <laughs> I said, look, if you, you want to be gone, that's, that's fine. You can come and at least tell me, explain why mm-hmm. you, you want to destroy my company. Wow. Mm-hmm. And he 
course. He, he was like, no, 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 I'm not. I'm not talking with you. This and other. And I was like, oh, it's no problem. Mm-hmm. So just get off my property, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And um, uh, a couple months later, uh, well, I'll get to that next month. So that's September. Uh, it's September of of we're nineteen, right? So eighteen. Mm-hmm. So this is all fresh. This is all fresh. Yeah, for two years. We're mm-hmm. Two years. A lot has happened in two years. Right, right. I'm just going to catch you up from September <laughs> okay, to okay. current. That's all okay. I'm doing. So, so then my administrator and my alternate administrator, they decided, well, we don't have to do what you say. Yeah, we don't have to do what you say. And you're the only one in charge. And they're saying and, and, we don't have to do what you say. And I'm the one that pay them though. <laughs> so I, I, but I did, I didn't disagree with them. I told them I said, you know what? You're right. You. Don't have to do what I say. And, and they all kind of like, oh, wow, he, he took that kind of easy. I, like, <laughs> I said, you're right. And I don't have to pay you. Matter of fact, <laughs> you're going to get two more checks from me and that's going to be about it. And mm-hmm. so, uh, so, uh, so I had to do a four restructure. So the, the company that colluded with the, my ex-partner had stole about 130000 from me at oh, the end of time. Oh, my goodness. Which led to me having to get, get a loan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the loan company, I, I ended up getting a loan company, loan I got was uh, a predatory company. Oh, no. And they ended up uh, going, going out to my uh, insurance companies, which caused a freeze on all my accounts. Oh, man. And that's what led to the bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. So that's how I got to the hardest aspect. Wow. Okay. But there was a lot that went into oh, it. Oh, yeah. So yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it's a it, perfect it, storm. You're right. So it was the partner. In mm-hmm. his betrayal, and yeah. like this intricate strategic plan, he went to you one to collude with other companies, which was over a hundred thousand. I mean, somebody who loses a hundred thousand dollars that's not not easy in and of itself, <laughs> but then <laughs> ever period, right? Um, but then then you have him gone, mm-hmm. which again, that's kind of a victory, but then you have almost the the remnants. Of that poisonous that attitude. Poison, yes. And you had to get, you had to, so basically I had to go kind of do a cleansing. Mm-hmm. So uh, had, having to cleanse people out and, and just let people go. And mm-hmm. uh, even, he even had two of his relatives that were working for me. And, wow. And, and my whole thing is I didn't want to fire them because I didn't want his sins to fall on them. Sure. And, and that was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And given the same situation, I would still do the same thing. Mm-hmm. But that they were not, they turned out to be on his side too and created some other issues oh, uh, before, wow. before they were exited, before they exited out. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did apologize. He did? Yes. Okay. Uh, the first week of March of uh, this year, he, uh, he sent me a text uh, stating that uh, his cancer came back uh, with a vengeance. And that he, he apologized for the situation and, and that his, his, the things he did. And, and yeah, he was like, he, he said he's, he that he was wrong and he's good. And I offered to walk with him to the end. And he said, you know, uh, I appreciate that. <laughs> I think it shocked him that I, I mean, my when you, is, you, what do you mean you offered to walk with him to the end? Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that? So, to, cause he said it came back. The doctor gave him a month. To live. So you offered to be there with him? Yes. To go through it with I walked him. with him through the first one. Wow. To me, so, it's the right thing to do. That's powerful, right? That gave me some chills right there. So this is a guy who was potentially destroying your business, destroying your family, destroying your livelihood, poisoning people against you, taking money from you, and your response is not when he's down, let me step on his throat. He was never my enemy. Mm, never your enemy. His actions were wrong and mm-hmm. his actions were his own and there was a price for his actions. Mm-hmm. But he was never my mm-hmm. enemy. But you showing that love. You, I mean, you, you had the, the character um, to show love even when, you know, playing fields, as far as the balance goes, his, his wrongs were quite heavy. But oh, very. You, uh, and, but, <laughs> but you having the character to go, you know what? Um, I'm called to love and I'm going to love. And so, so you said he, he, he responded. He was he was shocked by yeah, that. Yeah, he was shocked. He was like, "Ah, oh, let me get back to you mm-hmm. on that." And he didn't get the opportunity. The following Saturday, he died. So he died a week, literally a week later. Not even a week. It was that was like a Monday, and of course that Saturday he passed away. Whoa! So, so, so oh, it was scary. But was you like, whoa, like you know, I I, I know who I'm serving. Like you know, <laughs> you know, 
you read some stuff in the scriptures, how, how you know, it says how it's better to, you know, to, to wrap a milestone around your neck and throw yourself in, 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 the, in, the, in the water than to cause one of the little ones to sin. Mm. And you're like, because I'm like, whoa, now you see, like, the most high move. This dude was cancer-free, zero out, nothing left, mm-hmm. nothing. His test came back 100% clean. Wow. And this is in September. Mm-hmm. In March, he's dying. Mm. After the betrayal, yeah. after everything's yeah. coming out. He's, I mean, wow, mm-hmm. and dies. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, whoa, you know, like, whoa. <laughs> so, I mean, I know I, I appreciate you not calling him your enemy, but in 2018, the person closest to being your enemy would have been him. As far as like, yes, uh, maybe through any other lens, right? Just, just, let's say somebody, <laughs> no, no, somebody, somebody, no, maybe somebody like me, I would say that's an enemy. I mean, but I know you, I appreciate your, 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 uh, your heart about it. You're like, you know, I'm not, I, I'm not even going to resort to calling him that, but he was a desperate person who, who chose to ignore what he knew. Mm-hmm. And let me explain what I mean by that. Uh, he, he deemed himself to be a believer, mm-hmm. uh, to, to, to walk in the light. And in the course of us going through the cancer the first time, the, the, the one thing that I kept telling him was that, hey, the way for us to fight is spiritual, not mm-hmm. physical. Mm-hmm. And that he's going to be all right, but it's a spiritual war. And I said, the Most High is trying to get your attention. Mm-hmm. He's trying to get you to see you and see him. Right. And I said, so the only thing you need to do right now is focus on him. Mm-hmm. And for him, that, that, was too hard mm-hmm. because to focus on him and say, well, he's going to figure this, he's going to work this out. The most high is going to take care of me. He said, no, I need to figure out how to take care of me. Mm-hmm. And the conclusion that he came out, came through with through desperation is, well, this seems to be low, low hanging fruit here. I can take this mm-hmm. and I can take care of my family with this and I can secure myself with this wow. versus finding security mm-hmm. in the most high. Wow. Security in the most high. Um, so when I said major challenge, uh, yeah, yeah, I think you answered that question well. It has a major challenge, um, <laughs> bankruptcy, betrayal, um, the remnants of the poison afterward. But I think, um, I, I won, I think you will won, you're here. And then, <laughs> yes, yes, good, look, look, my dad is like, people kill themselves for less. <laughs> and, and, and here's the thing, man, I've, I've been blown up, I've been shot at, I, 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 I've gone through, I've, I've been in, uh, war war situations and this is the scariest i've ever been in my life mm-hmm. uh you know i i at the time and, and, and it didn't come without peril um i lost about 40 percent of my company uh mm-hmm. between april 12th and june 3rd mm-hmm. <laughs> you know uh it, it, it was a very challenging challenging time mm-hmm. uh getting getting the going through the bankruptcy Talking, I talked to over 300 employees one on one in like a 48 hour period. Well, wow. and just trying to, to reassure them, letting them know what was going on, doing everything I can to be open and vulnerable, and to even talking to my parents. Mm-hmm. Now, to say that that's over 60% stayed, which is, is, I'm not worthy of even that. Mm-hmm. The, the others that left, I didn't, I wasn't mad at them. I got it. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If, if as an employee, if as an employee, if, if I can't count on my money being where it's supposed to be on time, yeah, I probably want to look for some other options mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I wasn't angry with them for, for, for that, but it, it was, yeah, you know, I, I had over, had over uh, at the time over 400 employees mm-hmm. and, and they had responsibilities. Their children needed food. Their life, right. their life bill has to be paid. Mm-hmm. So if I'm not giving, if I'm not supplying them for what they work for, what they've earned, Mm-hmm. You know, I'm failing them mm-hmm. a, as an employer, and man, I, that was I. I hate failure, mm-hmm. I, and, I, and I find I find that that failure is an enemy. Mm-hmm. Satan is a, is the ultimate enemy, but but failure is my enemy. Mm-hmm. Success is my friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, and how you get to success? Well, that's that's another part of conversation. Mm-hmm. Love it. Well, um, thank you for sharing that story. I know. Uh, I think whenever somebody period shares a story with me, that's fragile and personal. And that's like, there's a a vulnerability laced throughout the story. It's always powerful to me, but then that you would entrust that to people that are tuning in because people go through challenges. And I think whenever they they hear a vivid example of what what somebody else went through, 
it can give them hope and even principles to use that you use to get through it, right? Well, it's funny you say it like that because who do you go to when you got million dollar problems? Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a serious. It's that's crazy. A good, that's, a, that's a question. That's so, a good question. So I'm going through all this stuff, and, and I thought about, I thought about my fellowship. Mm-hmm. I thought about all the brothers I know, all the people who I know love me, but no one that I come to mind. This is a person I can say I got a two point three million dollar problem. Can mm-hmm. you help me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just who do you call? Right. Right. You know, I know I might have one or two rich friends who have that type of money mm-hmm. in the bank. Not that, that money to borrow. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> Not that you go, hey, man, you can hold this, man. You know, you catch up with me on next week. <laughs> so who do you call? Right. You know, and, and it, it was one of the situations, the situation itself, everything culminated around me doing exactly what I was telling my partner to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Which Full circle. The test was to... to to look up mm-hmm. and to focus. Yes. Because it wasn't about my skills or my power to fix it. Mm-hmm. It was about his. Mm-hmm. And mine was about being obedient to him to yes. allow him to be able to do those things. Yes. That whole, that whole world of allowing you, allowing the creator to do something, but that, that actually is right. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. if you don't have faith in his power, then his power doesn't work in you. There we go. Yes. Allow him to. Allow it. I like it. I'm with it. Looking up. Let me ask you a similar question, a little different. What's a unique challenge that you've overcome in your leadership journey? So you have the major challenge. What's a unique challenge? Which your major one was unique, (laughs) to be clear. (laughs) But I'll I'll put this question out anyway. (laughs) So a unique challenge is has been learning to not not carry things that I'm not supposed to. Oof, okay. So I'm a carrier, man. I'm a carrier. I'm a, I'm a guy that puts things on my shoulders and I take one step at a time and I just keep, and I carry. Mm-hmm. And I had this, uh, this, this friend, this brother who, who, who I regard to as, as a big brother, his name is Arlen. Mm-hmm. So uh, Arlen used to tell me, he's like, man, you're this great brother, but <laughs> your arms will never be wide enough. Your shoulders will never be strong enough to carry the weight of the world. Oof. And he used to tell me this all the time. It was kind of frustrating, a little irritating. Mm. But I, I, I started to get it in, in levels mm. of, of, you know, it's not my job. It's not, it's not my job, not my role. It's not, my, it's not the role that I was put in to make someone drink water they need. Mm-hmm. It's my job to show them that this water's there. Yes. It's my job to lead them to the water if they want to come. Mm-hmm. But it's not my job to make them get it. Right. See, my, the big thing in my, before I felt like I'm a persuasive enough person. Yes. I can, I can present an argument that's so detailed, that's so intricate that you, that you will see the way I see it. And be, through seeing what I see, you're going to want exactly what I want. Mm-hmm. And that works. It mm-hmm. does work. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> sometimes, in many cases, in every case, it's really hard to help someone unless they want it. Yes. You ha- they have to want it. Mm-hmm. So, so what I learned to do is, is still be the servant, still be the person who has his hands open, still be the person that says, hey, I want to meet with you. You you set the time, you set the date, and I'll be there. Mm-hmm. You know, you call me and you go, hey, are you busy? I'm like, yeah, but I answered the phone, so let's talk. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. But it, it put me in a place where I help people who want help. Mm-hmm. And I try to I try to help somebody to see they need it. Mm-hmm. Another thing that this has taught me, and I guess the uniqueness of it is it's impossible to teach somebody how to be free if they don't realize they're in chains. Oof. So, Give me some good quotes here. So because of that, when I realize, okay, you don't want help, that's okay. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, for instance, there was just one person I was talking to and I was sharing my faith with them. Mm-hmm. And as I was sharing it with them, they said, look, that's way too deep. I just want to be ignorant. Oh. And this is a person who's really, really close to my heart. So it, it, it hurt when he said it, but it's all right. He said it. He's a grown man. Mm-hmm. If the most high gave him the freedom mm-hmm. to make the statement. Yes. Then who am I to try to make him? He's <laughs> mm-hmm. like, oh, man, no, you need to get this. No, I went. I said, you know what? All right, cool. And we changed stuff. You went on about it. Went on about it mm. because it wasn't mine to carry. Sure. So that would be the unique thing that I learned. I learned not to carry stuff that's not mine. Mm-hmm. It's a. I mean, I think it's a great principle for any leader, 
that's a great principle for anybody who's persuasive. I for like I I think I also have the gift of persuasion. <laughs> but understanding sometimes you can provide the most persuasive arguments. And I, I think there's this quote I think it's by Dale Carnegie, but he says, A man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. <laughs> and it's like, you convinced them. You, you, but then what, a week later, they're back doing the same thing. They but, never change. But I gave you the best argument. I used all the, the, the quotes or scriptures. I, and I used the, uh, you know, the analysis. I gave you the stats. And I gave you the stories. And I used the emotions. And I did everything that there was to do. And, and I think there could be such a frustration, <laughs> annoyance, irritation that happens when we don't see people doing what we want to make them do, right? Like, I want to, I want to save your life. Why don't you save your <laughs> life? You know, I, I had a situation where I, where I went home and I was sharing my faith with with my family, mm-hmm. and I'm using all of these amazing arguments, man. I'm, I'm using <laughs> Hebrew, I'm using Greek, I'm using <laughs> pictures. I mean, I had this. I covered every 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 avenue of c- convincing that you could that you could cover. <laughs> Nothing works. <laughs> then I'm the, the next day I'm having a conversation mm-hmm. with someone who's not 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 biblically knowledgeable, knowledgeable, uh, not doesn't have uh what you would say as strong of an education in the field. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, he was saying, I don't get why Jesus has the authority you have. I'm good with following Yahuwah, God, whoever, the big guy. I'm mm-hmm. good with him. I don't get why I got to follow Jesus? Mm-hmm. And I go, and he go, hey, can you explain to me? Who, what is he? How, how come he has authority? Mm-hmm. And instead of giving him all these amazing, well, I may consider it amazing right, right. Uh, pictures to get, I go, what quarrel does an ant have with a boot? And he goes, huh? I said, what quarrel does an ant have with a boot? Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, nothing. The hope is you don't get killed by the boot. Mm. I said, so why is it that you're questioning the creator, the one who made you the boot? Mm-hmm. You're the ant. And I said, here's the thing. You want to know why? He said, all power on heaven and earth has been given to me. Mm-hmm. So the one that you're saying, who, who gave him authority? Yeah, it was given to him by the father. Mm-hmm. So really, your, your issue ain't with. The, it ain't with the son. Mm hmm. Your issues with the father, mm-hmm. the boot. And he goes, man, that makes so much sense now. Let's move on. <laughs> and I'm thinking, why can't it be this easy all the time? <laughs> but it, but I, what I realized, it's not about me. Mm-hmm. It's not about the argument. Right. It's about the person in the spirit. Yes. Yes. And so, again, which leads to, again, to you should don't carry something that ain't yours. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, it's a great principle all the way around. I mean, you see it in um, marriages. You know, because we think or people can think at times that I can control the other person or I can make them or I can force them or I can get them. Um, But there's something we talk about in coaching is that knowing exactly where my responsibility ends (laughs) and exactly where your responsibility begins. And I need to know that as a speaker, as a communicator, as a person, as a married person, where I know where my responsibility ends. And where my wife's begins. And if I get that down, there's so much less frustration. Oh, yeah. There's so much less irritation. There's so much less disappointment, which is a big, big, <laughs> big root issue in conflict overall. But knowing I know where my responsibility is. I know the best that I can do. I know where, where that is. But I also know where somebody else's responsibility has to begin. Outstanding. Now, how have you continued to grow in your leadership journey? So that might be the simplest question that you asked me today. Okay. Because okay. <laughs> the simplest is uh, I use the Bible to teach business. Mm-hmm. And so how I grow in my leadership now is simply through obeying what I see in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Through obedience, I gain understanding. Yes. I love that because, and we know this intrinsically, with it's like, let's take working out. Like I can memorize all the diets in the world <laughs> i can memorize all the types of workouts the group workouts the cycling the weightlifting, the cardio the body weight Best plan ever you could memorize <laughs> all of them you could have all of them in your brain ready to go but knowing them 
is useless unless it's put into practice. And and I, and I feel like obey is almost a dirty word now. It is. It is. No, it's it's it's, it's, a, it's oh it's a, it's a it's a terrible word to, to, to most people because you love because it's followed with the twenty fifth letter of the alphabet. Why? <laughs> <laughs> but why should I do that? You know, my, my you know my kids used to have this. It's like, well, daddy, well, why do we have to do it? Mm. And and I, I encourage communication. Right, right, right. So so my answer will be well. Right now, this moment, you're doing it because I said it, and that's the only thing that you need. Mm-hmm. Now, once you've done it, now we'll come back and I'll explain it after you've obeyed. Mm-hmm. But you need to obey first because some things, until you obey it, you're not going to get it. Yes. And quick reference with that is marriage. Mm-hmm. Ephesians 5, 20, 21 through the end of the chapter is, is a great marriage too. And if you follow it to the letters, your marriage will be wonderful. Mm-hmm. But this whole aspect of telling a woman that she has to submit to a man and he's her covering. Mm-hmm. Oh, whoa, 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 brother. Mm. <laughs> Not in this age. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> hey, look, look, it's equal rights here. She don't submit to nobody. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's that's kind of the the the, the response in the right, same right, time. Right. Think of love your wife as yourself, present her as radiant, beautiful without mm-hmm. blemish. Hold up, she got issues. Like, how am I gonna present her without issues? Mm-hmm. And she got issues. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if you're not practicing it, it makes no sense mm-hmm. whatsoever. It's it's one of the most foreign things out there. It's Greek. Mm, it's, real. <laughs> it's Greek to someone who doesn't speak Greek. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So so, but when you're doing it though, yes. and when you're doing it, and even when it's one sided, even only if, if you're treating your let's say let's say I know your wife's perfect, she's wonderful, <laughs> amazing woman, I, I love her. So I'm just using that as an example. Right, right, right. But let's say you're 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 serving your wife, you're loving your wife, you're treating her. As Yahusha treated the church, and you're you're just you're making a rating. Everybody can see it, mm-hmm. but she don't listen to you. She mm-hmm. tells you what to do all the time. And you're mm-hmm. constantly trying. Now, on one side of the table, you're getting the benefit of obedience, and you're seeing her in the way that the Most High wanted you to yes, see her. Yes, yes, yes. She won't get it until she's obeys. That's right. It won't even begin to make sense. Mm-hmm. I remember this one married couple, and I told the the wife that she needed to submit to her husband, and she was like, "That ain't gonna happen." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and my wife told her she was like listen it sounds rough and i didn't want to do it either mm-hmm. <laughs> she said but once you once you start obeying you see the you see the fruit of obedience mm-hmm. and it's on, only only done through obedience that it right. makes sense yes i love that and uh i feel like there's countless principles we could go back to <laughs> when the, the way that we're called to think True, noble, right, pure, lovely. The way we're called to speak, to build up, not to tear down, to build, to benefit, not to be a detriment, right? To speak true or lies. But you only actually know the power. You're only in tune with it in the OB, actually speaking the truth, actually building up, actually thinking about what's true, noble, right, and pure. But to just theoretically try to grab it, again, yeah, try to theoretically grab it and understand it. Nothing wrong with trying to understand, like you said. But we could spend a lifetime trying to understand why this, why that. But what are you doing to put it into practice? It's like you just said in the beginning. You know, to me, I'm a very simple person. And people think I'm deep, and I'm really not. I'm, I'm really simple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, just, it just comes off as deep concepts. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, your mic. We, we, we spent a couple minutes before you telling me how to sit in front of the mic mm-hmm. and how to talking to the mic sure. now imagine this for a minute just imagine your microphone is yahuwah or yahusha i'm saying god or jesus mm-hmm. so imagine your microphone is yahuwah yahusha now if i come over here and talk you're still getting some feeding and and, and, and but it's gonna, not as much mm-hmm. it, there's gonna be some sound issues right right it's, it's same thing if i come over here mm-hmm. I'm, there's gonna be some things that you're gonna be able to hear some things you're gonna get some stuff from here mm-hmm. but you're not gonna get the full power of the microphone because I'm not in line with it. Mm, now, when yes. I come here and I start talking to you here, I'm in line with, mm-hmm. with this microphone. That's right. It amplifies my voice. That's right. It gives that. me mm-hmm. power. Mm-hmm. The whole aspect of the uh, of speaking in the name, in the name, mm-hmm. in the authority, the reputation and character. See, mm-hmm. when you're in line, you're amplified. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. I, I like it. I like I'm it. Done. I like it. I'm, I'm with it. I'm with it. <laughs> So let, let's bring it in for a landing here. Uh, you gave, gave some incredible content thus far, but I want to make sure we uh, talk about your family. <laughs> All right. And I want to hear 
I know we could probably talk another couple of hours about your family, <laughs> but if you had to pick your favorite quality about each one of them, about Kara, Isabel, Will, and Abigail, what's your favorite quality about each one of them? All right. Then I'm, I'm, I'm going to start from the one that's been around the least amount and then get to the one that's been around the greatest. Yeah, okay. All right. Mm-hmm. So there's Abigail, which is my, my baby. I call her Wiggles. Mm-hmm. Wiggles, her, the most amazing character about her, she knows something that you can't teach. She understands investment love. Investment love. Uh, investment love. Let me let me let me tell you about this is the coldest game ever. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what she does every day without fail, she comes and tells you how much she loves you and how much she appreciates you just because it's today. Mm-hmm. For no reason other than it's today. Like like for instance, last night I'm tired. I'm in the room. I've been on the road all day. I come home. I even lose my glasses in my bedroom. That's mm-hmm. how tired I was. Mm-hmm. And she's she's just like, hey, can I come in? I just want to come talk to daddy. And she comes in and like, daddy, I just want to let you know I love you. And she gets on the bed and hugs me and just lays there for a minute. Doesn't want anything. And she's like, okay, that's it. And she walks out. Mm-hmm. It makes it really hard to punish somebody who discipline <laughs> someone who's, who, who does that. Because right, right. you're like, because when she messes up, you're like, oh, but she loves me so much. Like, she does try so mm-hmm. hard. And it's a really amazing character. Yes. So, so that's, that's Abby. Investment love. Will is... He's my son. He is, he, I, I guess, uh, the the thing that, that gets me, he's a protector. Mm. Uh, my name, uh, our name, even talking about it makes me, you know, a little bit emotional. Mm. Uh, our name, my name, William, means uh, guardian, uh, mm-hmm. a, a protector. And my middle name, Marion, means chosen. So uh, he's a guardian. Uh, he's someone who stands up for people and, and protects them. Mm-hmm. There was a situation at the school where this kid was being picked on by mm-hmm. another kid. Mm-hmm. And he gets up and stands between the two and say, okay, you push me now. You don't push him anymore. Wow. So for me, I'm like, whoa, mm-hmm. my son. Yes. So that, that's something that really- Protector, guardian. He, when he knows, when he has a conviction on something, he'll stand on it. Mm. I love that. So then there's Isabel. Isabel, uh, She's a shepherd. Mm. So and when it's all said and done, she, she wants to make sure everyone's taken care of. She, yes. she wants to, the, well, in Hebrew, it's uh, the word is shamar. Uh, she, she, so she, so she guards. Mm-hmm. Uh, she guards her siblings. Mm-hmm. And, and so now she's a bit bossy, kind of a trait of being the oldest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but the, the heart is always to protect. Mm-hmm. It's always to to guard yes. so they, they both have a garden now where, where will's more of a physical guard mm-hmm. i'm gonna get i will live get between you and the problem where she's kind of a let me let me herd everyone over here to where it's safe mm-hmm. and so and uh the three of them their love for each other is just wow yes you know they 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 all have their own beds mm-hmm. and they all sleep on the floor just so they can sleep next to each other. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, so you have the investment love, yeah. the guardian protector, and then you have the, the guardian, shepherd. guardian shepherd. Yes. Yeah. I love it. And so Kara is, honestly, her craziness is, is, is something that I love. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and so let me, let me explain what I mean by that. It's, uh, you know, uh, my wife is from Haiti. Mm-hmm. She's Haitian. She, mm-hmm. she got that. She's beautiful and she's crazy Haitian and it's mm-hmm. awesome. She, and what I mean is she's for you. There's nothing that won't stop her from protecting you. Mm-hmm. She, uh, her loyalty is, is, is almost dangerous, mm-hmm. but man, she'll be there. She's just there. She's mm-hmm. with you. And, and every aspect, every step, you know, I, I've been married now 13 years, man. It's, Come on. it's crazy. I love that. You know, um, I, I, I've been a, a imitator uh, of, of Yahusha, an imitator of the Messiah for 18 years, mm-hmm. half my lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I've been married 13 of those 18 mm-hmm. years. And, and she, the most high is able to, able to use me because of what he's given me in her. Mm-hmm. She, she definitely is my shalom. Mm-hmm. She makes me whole. Yes. So. I love it. I love hearing about your family. I love hearing what you admire about them. It's one of my favorite parts of the show, just getting a chance to ask that question that you showcase um, or you share uh, what you admire, what you love about them. 
But great. We've had some great, great time discussing leadership, discussing your journey, um, showcasing it. Um, <laughs> grateful for your time. Um, if you're tuning in, again, I'm here with William Marion Revel the third. <laughs> and we're talking about his leadership journey. And um, to tell me the, actually, I have it right here. It is the Superhero Kids Home Health business owner is in the house today. <laughs> of course, we're on the Strong Life Coach podcast where we speak life, coach life, write life, and lead life. If you're tuning in, be sure to like it, rate it well, comments, share it, and don't forget to subscribe. Thank you. Thank you.